Right. Here is the Promise Prayer podcast. Well, that's like a lot of peas. Yeah. Promise <laughs> Prayer podcast. Well, and didn't I already? Re- yeah, we already recorded this one, and then it got lost. Yeah. So now we're having to redo it, but we have a bunch of different prayer-related questions that we've gotten in from many of you. Um, a lot of them really end up kind of being about the same. You know, most people usually have about the same questions when you boil them all down. So we're just going to go through the list and talk on these different ones here. Um, I have one that I'm going to go ahead and pull up. We recommend and use um, because for the most part, minus I think one topic, we think they do an amazing job with it. But if you go to gotquestions.org, it is a fantastic resource for just Bible and Christianity related questions. Um, And we love it so much because it's not that they're giving their opinion or their interpretation. They're talking about things and literally citing scripture for every single thing that is discussed. And that's why we love it so much, because it's not about one man's opinion, one man's interpretation. It's about scripture and what scripture has to say. So that's why we recommend them so often. But I wanted to pull up because I've had people ask this question before. Who do we pray to? Do we pray to God? Do we pray to Jesus? Like there's so much confusion here in this topic. Um, And so I thought that they did a great job. And we'll link all this stuff in the show notes on this. But I thought they did a great job in um, kind of going over this because it really is a simple answer. But I know some people get hung up on it. So we want to go ahead and just cover the scripture on this. And then we'll just keep going through your guys' questions. I don't think I've read this article yet, but I'll go ahead and answer it and see if it lines up with the article. Okay, go ahead. Okay. The shorter ans- the short answer to this is we pray to God the Father through Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's the short answer to it. If that, If you want a longer explanation, it's we have the ability to even be in the presence of God the Father only through Christ, which Christ was what God the Father gave to be able to reconcile himself with us humans. Yes. So Christ is a reflection off of the Father's will for us. So that's what we can we see Christ as also equal to, to God, but still in subjection to God. God being obviously the head of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. God being the head, uh, you see him in control of everything. So our prayers are even heard by God only through Christ, which is our mediator between God and man. Because man is sinful and fallen, and we can't talk to God. God doesn't listen to us because we are sinful flesh. So that's why we need the indwelling of the Holy Spirit for us to be able to even talk to God because what is prayer prayer is communicating just simple communicating to God talking with God we have many biblical examples of what prayer is Uh, do a word search on it and you'll find hundreds but it's in the simple sense it is communicating with God and what prompts us to communicate with God is the Holy Spirit in us which prompts us to worship the Father through Christ I guess that was a was that a good answer yeah so here let me <laughs> I don't know did I confuse anybody on that one so uh, I got questions they just said all prayers should be oh direct- yeah we were, to, I forgot. all prayers should be directed to our triune God Father God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Bible allows for prayer to one or all three because all three are one. Sure. And that's where you see, I've seen many people get hung up that, you know, praying to Jesus is actually sinful. We don't pray to Jesus, we pray to God. And and they're... Jesus accepted worship. So... 
So there, there's no, there's absolutely, but there's an, there is importance in, there is absolute importance in differentiating between all of them because we want to understand that at all times we are communicating with the Father, which is the head of the, the just the Godhead. Yeah. So it says here, um, to the Father we pray with the psalmist, listen to my cry for help, my King, my God, for you I pray. That's Psalm 5.2. To the Lord Jesus we pray as to the Father because they are equal. Prayer to one member of the Trinity is prayer to all. Stephen, as he Correct. was being martyred, prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. That's Acts 7.59. We are also to pray in the name of Christ. Paul exhorted the Ephesian believers to always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of in our Lord of Jesus Christ, Christ Ephesians yeah. 5.20. Jesus assured his disciples that whatever they asked in his name, meaning his will, would be granted, John 15.16 and 16.23. We are told to pray in the Spirit and in his power. The Spirit helps us to pray even when we do not know how or what to ask for, Romans yeah. 8.26, Jude 20. Perhaps the best way to understand the role of the Trinity in prayer is that we pray to the Father through or in the name of the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. All three are active participants in the believer's prayer. Right. Um, again, in a note here that they yeah, had here, and it's funny because you actually got a comment or a message from someone about this, what, this past week? Equally important, we know who we pray to. We pray to God the Father. Mm-hmm who we get to speak to through, through Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ and, are and the by only the Holy way Spirit. that we can do that is through the Holy Spirit. So yes, and equally important would be who we do not pray to. You do not pray to anything, anyone, any, 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 any anything man, any... that is not Father through the Son with the Holy Spirit. And I don't care if you're honoring somebody or thinking that you're Yes, and so there's the Catholic argument somebody. that they're just honoring Whatever. someone. No. There's there, all these different no. things. You People that God. say they pray to the, what was it, the Dalai Lama, Whatever. the universe, Mother Nature. I mean, whatever, anything that is not to God through yeah, you, the Son with the Holy you, Spirit, you, well, negative. You, well, there, yeah, I mean, there there is no Christian pe- prayer without that because we don't, our human flesh does not have the ability to to even be anywhere near God. I yeah. mean, we're separated. So, But if anyone else brings up the point that they are praying to any of those other things, that's not yeah, prayer. None of not. that. <laughs> this no, is the but only you, prayer. You pray to Jesus. I know people pray to Jesus, too. And I, like you said, I mean, it, it all goes through the same, the, you know. It, mo- most people don't pray to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But they think uh, usually I am thankful for the Holy Spirit. You're right. All three work together in one prayer mm-hmm. because of what Jesus is sacrificed. God's will sent Christ. Jesus' sacrifice is just our ability to have the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit that indwells in us is what connects everything together. So when we're communicating, it's actually not even us that's communicating. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that's communicating to God. Because that's not you. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't have the ability. We don't. This flesh is sinful and fallen from God. We're as good as dead if we don't have the Spirit. And that Spirit is the only thing that connects us with God. So we have to understand that when we want to communicate with God, that this is the Holy Spirit prompting us to communicate with God. This isn't me going, oh, I want to pray right now. No, there's the spirit inside of you is prompting you to prayer. And yes, God can use the spirit to prompt you to prayer, even even if he's pulling you into, you know, like J.D. Um, Frog from Calvary Chapel in Quantano, he, he, he always says in his story that, you know, the, that he prayed a prayer drunk and and high on drugs and all this other stuff. And that was, you know, he just said that he didn't want to be a, a loser anymore and that he, he didn't want to go to hell. He didn't want to go to hell. Yep. And that was the that was the spirit prompting him. That was that was the spirit calling him saying, "Hey, I'm giving you this opportunity to communicate and, and to change your life." Listen, and he agreed to it. 
and the spirit was there even in his worst, you know, before he was even saved. But it was there prompting him to do these things. So that give, God gives his grace freely even if you're not saved. He gives his grace freely sometimes to, to, to call you, to, to give you that opportunity to communicate with him. But whenever you're communicating with him, that's, that's the spirit inside of you that is just, um, it, you know, that is just obeying and, and yearning to be reunited with its host. And I think that yearning part is so important. And you can't read through scripture without seeing this talk of prayer, this call for prayer. I mean, First Thessalonians 5, 16 yeah. through 18, rejoice always, always pray yeah. continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The importance of prayer and prayer constantly mm-hmm. over everything. It is so important. And prayer should be a focal point of your day and not just that one thing you check off real quick and you do the thing, this should be something that's going on all throughout the day because the Holy Spirit within you is just yearning to be reconnected with God the Father. And so this is a constant, you just constantly go to prayer in everything, be it in rejoicing, in sorrow, in need, whatever it is. And that kind of leads us into this next question here we'll get into is somebody said, I feel like it's a Santa Claus wish list sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's awful feeling so needy, but he says to ask, so I do. But then you get this like gross feeling that you're just, you know, climbing up to Santa Claus and giving him your wish list of all the things you want, right? All right. So, all right. Yeah, you can't ever feel gross. The only time that you should ever feel gross about it is if you're asking for a bunch of stuff that you shouldn't, you know, if you're asking for that, that Ferrari or these things that are all your will and not God's will. You know, that that's that's when you have a problem. But it should never feel gross. And you you're you are needy. You you have to understand that you are definitely needy. Completely. You're more needy than you know. Yeah. You're completely, completely unable to do anything on your own. Anything that wants to communicate and obey with God. So the fact that you're you're identifying your need, yeah, you're right. Don't use that as a, a, a weapon to stop you. Use that as a weapon to keep praying because you do need that. Because Ephesians 6.12 tells us that we do not wrestle, wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, cosmic powers over this present age. Uh, our battle is not a flesh and blood. It's the spirits. It's the spiritual war that's going yep. on, which you are not strong enough to face on your own. Yeah. You're not strong enough to fight against these spirits. The spirit inside of you, the Holy Spirit, is greater than all of these, and he's defeated all of these. But you and your flesh and is not. <laughs> but you and your flesh are not. So you have an enemy. Okay, so you are needy. You do need things. Don't ever be afraid to go to him because in this spiritual battle that's going on, everything is getting your mind off of trusting in God, obeying God. That's what these demons do. That's they get in everything and they just scream everywhere and just set off alarms for, you know, you to panic for you to worry just to get you to disobey god to not listen to god and you you have to understand that that's what you're fighting against so you are needy you do need to um pray to be able to overcome these things and never feel like something is too small um because you're you're it's not like your battle goes anywhere you know it doesn't hide all throughout the day it's it's in everything even to your smallest detail of your life that these things are trying to get at you and trying to get you off track so it could be small little things from what's going on in your personal family life it could be whatever else you know but these things are just going against you feel like everything is just warring against you and we know that just being in christ that's what type of life that we have guaranteed because the world hates him 
And if it hates him, it's going to hate us too. And it's going to work against us. It's going to fight us. Hate just isn't like pointing the finger saying, I hate you. It's a literal force that's against you as well. So prayer is the only way to, to get any kind of relief, encouragement, and, you know, the highest form of worship to God during our time here when we're still exiled away from him. So don't ever be uh, feeling like you're so needy and you can't, um, you know, come to him for the smallest little things like that. So, but, yeah. Well, I mean, he says you look at like Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So right here he's telling us, don't worry about anything. Don't go with anxiety and being anxious about this, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. So go to God with in prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, right? You go to him with yourself full of thanksgiving to him and present your request to god mm -hmm. and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus and then again in hebrews four sixteen, let us then approach god's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need mm -hmm. if you are in a time of need i think that's the difference between feeling like you're just showing up to santa claus with your wish list are you showing up in your time of need, be it need, spiritual need, emotional need, um, health, be it, you know, you're in you're sickness, right. you're struggling, you need provision, you, whatever it might be. Are you showing up in your time of need or are you showing up and trying to use them like Santa Claus? Trying to give him your wish list of all your wants and desires, right? Yeah, it all, it all just depends on you. How are you showing up in that? how you're doing it, but... Never I mean, be afraid to go <coughs> and to fill. No, because that's the spirit communicating with God, and you have constant, you have a constant line of communication with the Father because of the work that Christ did on the cross. So there's, you know, there's at no point should you ever feel like you're, you know. Like it's Santa Claus and you just got this wish list. Okay, so definitely do not use Santa, or use Santa. Use, use Santa. Use God as your Santa where you're just showing up with all your gimme, gimme, gimme's. I want, I want, I want. But obviously come to him with grace and of confidence um, because he is there to provide for you and he wants you to come to him. So when we pray, pray out loud. Pray privately, quietly. How, how do we go about this? Um, this person, and we see this from many people, so it's not just this person. It was required that we pray out loud in church when, you know, most of us, the church background that we come from. And, um, you know, kids that are just the people that you know that have the, they're just good prayer sayers you know what i mean like the ones yeah. in church and when they pray they're just like man they They've use got the right all the words, words and they're just so they're good not at boring it. and you're yeah, like wow you, you get this like emotional like stir going on where you're just like oh wow look at them they just ah the the prayers they say right and so immediately did you see that babylon b post that said that it showed like a weathered bible mm -hmm. and it's like Guys who have carried this Bible have a hundred percent chance of saying yes, Father, out loud during the prayer. <laughs> so I think of like all those like you know really good deep prayers that they're yeah. praying to the people. Yes, out loud. Yes. I'm not making fun. I don't. Want, I don't mean to snicker and make fun of people that do do that because I believe yeah. Okay, if you're moved during a prayer and you wanna if you wanna express it out loud, that's your yeah that's your form of worship, and it's accepted. And I'm not making fun of you. It's just not mine and i think it's a funny stereotype for people it sometimes. is and when you're growing up churchy you know exactly yeah you know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> but it this this question always makes me immediately think of like matthew 6 7 and when you pray do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words is your yeah. point of prayer just oh father you know yeah. doing the whole They've song got these and dance. very pretty fancy mm -hmm. words okay so to answer that question is that there yes there's a there's a there's a time for every type of prayer. Sure. You can see personal prayers, out loud prayers, prayers that were said to yourself. 
we see that Jesus play, prayed publicly, privately. Yep. Uh, he said a prayer in his spirit. He said things out loud. He said, you know, our, the definition of prayer is communication with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the definition. The, and we have a constant communication with God in the Holy Spirit. Right, we have the temple that lives within inside us. Something that the Old Testament people used to have to go into the temple and pray for God to hear them and listen to their prayers. And this is something that we do not have to do. We have the temple inside of us. We have a direct communication with the Father through the work of the Son, thanks to the Holy Spirit. So it's an it's the phone is always on, so to speak. You know, the, 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 the line is always connected. And it's up to you how you talk. Sometimes you can, you can have a thought. You can, you can pray in, in your head, in quiet. You can say a prayer out loud. There's no specific way that you should. However, the Holy Spirit moves you to communicate with God is how you should pray. Well, Jesus in Matthew 6, but when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It's not about the show or or anything that you put on. We really um, drew a lot, the the Quaker practice of silent prayer. It's not about the show. Not that you can never pray with somebody else or anything like that, but it's not about the show. It's not about it. Take our kids. We, before our meals, our kids and ourselves, we all take a silent moment to give thanks before praying instead of teaching them just a a prayer to recite or something like that. Yeah, we do prayers out loud in the morning. Yeah, we do it for and some things night. and not for others. And yet. then in the afternoon during lunch and stuff, we teach the kids to, yeah, you're right, to, for when we need to say a silent prayer um, to themselves and to keep it to themselves. Because I think that, you know, those different types of prayer are important. And, you know, we, we just have to utilize every single one of those. Because I think there can be benefits to and both. And it's a gift. Yeah. It really is a gift. Communication with God is the is the the greatest gift that we have, and it's one of the most undeserving gifts that we could possibly have because we dis- directly disobeyed God so much that He hid His face from us, and yet now through the work of His Son, we have almost. We have guaranteed reconciliation as a way that it once was before we fell. But now we have in that, as that guarantee, we have him inside of us, which is extremely, uh, you know, that that's nothing to mess around with. That's a, that's a gift. So to, anyway, I mean, I don't want to go too far off on the answer to that question. But yes, I think that there's... Um, there's a time for every type of prayer and pray however you're led to pray. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's, you should follow one set of rules on it. But I believe that you should be in constant communication. And I think that's one one thing that people don't understand about prayer is it's important to know that, no, it's not just saying it out loud. It's not just saying it at supper. It's not just... This, this practice that you think it is, it's talking to God. So if you're talking to God in your spirit, in your free time, if this is how you're walking through your everyday life, constantly talking to it, you're like, well, who do I talk to? You're talking to God. So yes, you've got to, you know, you're, you're, you're having faith in your father and you're in speaking with him and communicating with him. It can feel kind of crazy, but... He's there. He's listening. He's real. You can't see him, but that's no le- that doesn't make him any less real. So s- talk to him because he's real. And even though you can't see him, he's right directly in front of you. He's inside of you. He's all around. You know, you you need to have that and you should want to have that communication with him. And I think it's important, you know, most of us who are listening to this, we are parents, we have children, and we're trying to train them up in the ways of the Lord, just like Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7 tells us to. 
but I think it's important to utilize different forms of prayer in teaching our children, right? Children who are not used to praying, it is good for you to give them an example, right? That's even why Jesus gave the Lord's Mm -hmm. Prayer. He gave an example of how to pray. Uh, Memorizing that scripture is a great thing. We have it up on our fridge so that way our kids can memorize it, know the Lord's Prayer so that you can pray that. We also, you know, sometimes like before Bible study or when we do, um, Brandon does communion with our family at our Sabbath, um, various different times in, in the evening before the kids go to bed, you lead our family in prayer prayer you you say a prayer sure. out loud which models to the kids and, a way to learn to talk to god but we also encourage for them to have silent prayer where they communicate with god right. totally on their own i don't need to know what you're saying that's between you and god but we have to start that is prayer do you say a prayer as soon as your eyes open in the morning right are you in prayer as your eyes close at the end of the night do right. you pray before everything that you do is that I, what you're doing? You have you brought to up a good point sense. with the Lord's Prayer. Um, yeah, you can pray the Lord's Prayer, sure. and you should learn it. But it's not. We have to understand the Lord's Prayer is an outline for prayer, and there's there's different points to everything that Jesus says there. He's instructing the disciples of what points to hit, not. To pray, you must memorize this and say nothing else. Right, he's not saying like, (laughs) no, this is really the prayer that you have to say. Our Father in heaven, you know, may your name be kept holy. No, that's he's explaining to you this these outlines of points that you want to hit on when you pray, and you're acknowledging the Father. You know, you can break down the prayer yourself there's or there's many different i think we did i think i did something on the lord's prayer to you in matthew so you can listen to that too maybe but another one um that we get and again got questions they just had a great kind of breakup on this because there is so much scripture that points to this but is it guaranteed that god hears your prayers does god always hear all your prayers it's biblical that there's things that can hinder that. that Which I don't think many people realize. They don't. And this could be something that this can happen to a Christian. This could happen to a saved Christian. Yeah. That just because God is, will not listen to your prayers doesn't indicate a loss of your salvation. It is promised that it husbands is, that aren't teaching their wife, treating their wives properly, their prayers will be hindered. Right. Exactly. And that's one of the most harsh warnings I think you get in Scripture. Yeah. Is that, that Paul tells us that we must treat our wives correctly because if we don't, God will not listen to our prayers. Yeah. Okay, this isn't a salvation issue, but God's also not listening to us. So there's a lot of really bad things that could happen in that. <laughs> so that's the, you know, I don't want to turn this into a, a feminism podcast, but... Certainly these things that saying that there's chauvinism in, you know, anybody saying that women cannot be church, el- you know, uh, pastors, anything like that. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You have to understand the on the authority that I'm saying that is I'm saying that if I'm not saying this correctly, God won't listen to my prayers. So I don't take what I'm saying lightly in this. Um but it's true. So, um, no, it's not always guaranteed that God will listen to your prayers because you can your your behavior can definitely hinder that. So, um, so yeah. I was going to go ahead and share. It's pretty quick. But it, again, because I don't think a lot of people realize this until you start reading scripture, and you start seeing these different verses. Where you're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Huh? I, I didn't know about that. I don't. That can't be true. You're yeah, because like, no, you get this idea that you're you're saved and that nothing bad could ever happen to you. Yeah, and it's it's like I said, these aren't. I, I don't want to. I don't want people to take me out of context because these aren't salvation issues. However, they are serious issues, and they could be salvation issues if your heart is not correct. But there's also a reality, like you said, to not realizing that that's what Scripture really says. And there you could go through a period where you're quote unquote black, you know, backsliding in a couple ways. You're not treating somebody correctly and God is not hearing your prayers. That doesn't mean that he has left you. But I mean, you can view yourself on timeout and 
and until you get things right, you know, you're, you're, it, it's hard to explain the way that God it, it inserts his, himself into his creation and how he lets these things happen. And this is among, you know, this is a, a very large debate, but scripture does indicate that, you know, by your behavior, it can affect these things. And your prayers can also, the prayers of a righteous person can move mountains. So there's, it's, it's a very serious thing. So, and also on the other point of that, and I, I want to share this real quick, but um, it also, if you are praying for something and that prayer is not coming to fruition, that also doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong and so God's ignoring you. Thank you for bringing that up when because you that was pray, one part of the other questions that somebody When you pray, God has one of wrote. three answers. Yes, no, not right now. Exactly. So don't automatically take that. Let me answer the, does God hear my prayers? And then that's our next question I want to go into. So it says, God hears everything, including prayers. He is God. Nothing gets by him. That's Psalm 139, 1 through 4. He is sovereign over everything he created. Isaiah 46, 9 through 11. So the question is not whether God is aware of every prayer, because he is, but whether God is turning or tuning into our prayers with an intent to answer them. <laughs> so he hears everything. So, so this is what God, is this what God question says? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I mean, essentially they're saying the same That's thing what that I'm I just saying. said. Let me, yeah. but, but you'll see what he's got in here that you're going to like. So God wants us to pray. He has created prayers and means by which we can enjoy him, Revelation 3.20, confess our sin, 1 John 1.9, and ask him to meet our needs, Psalm 50.15, and align our wills with his, Jeremiah 29.11-12, Luke 22.42. One kind of prayer is guaranteed to be granted. Luke 18, 13 through 14 describes the prayer of repentance. When we call upon the Lord in humble repentance, he is eager to justify and forgive us. So a prayer of repentance, of true repent repentance, is the one that, yes, he is yep, eager and excited That's the one that he for. really wants to listen to. Yes. However, he wants to listen to the one about how bad you suck. He does. <laughs> However, when considering prayer... It is important to remember that most promises of God in Scripture were written to his people, the Hebrew people. And the Old Testament, those promises were... <laughs> I love them so much. The promises were written I to the followers, us or something. Of, to the followers of Jesus. It is a misuse of Scripture <laughs> to pull out isolated verses and try to apply them to any situation we want, including prayer. Even Amen. though the Lord knows and hears all, he has given some circumstances in which he will not listen to our prayers. And now let me give you just a few examples here real quick. When we are choosing to hold on to sin rather than repent and change, God will not, not hear yeah. our prayers. In Isaiah 115, the Lord says, when you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Proverbs 28, 9 says. This is where even promises like that, that God was speaking in context in Isaiah to Israel, that those still apply to the yeah. church. And those are those those are the things that are applicable in the You've Old been Testament grafted for into you. These, all right. You've been grafted into these. Because yeah. if you act like an idiot... He's not going to listen to you. Yeah. That's as simple as it is. Proverbs 28, 9 says, If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. Example, a young couple are living together in sexual sin, yet they pray for God's blessing on their home. Ignore. Oh. That's true, though. Oh, and we have to take it as such. You have to realize that, that is this is so true. true. Okay? It's just not popular truth. Nope. So you can't have blessed this home when you are unmarried, living together in sexual sin. Your home is not blessed, and it is not going to be, and God is going to ignore your cries and your prayers and because it, you are living and it's in not, sin. And it's not our judgment, but it's it's most likely that calamity will strike. In most usually. Most usual And when it ways. happens, it's, it's like, well. And you know what? And none of it, and all of that is intended to get your attention, not to harm you. To bring you, not you to, to repentance. To bring you to repentance. Exactly. And he will be as soft as he can possibly be. But if he must, he will bring you to the point of death. Yeah. And that to is to save to you, you yeah. not 
yep. to harm you. Nope. And these are this is biblical. I mean, these this is this is things. These are this is things that Paul taught. For this is the reason why so many of you are sick and have died. What do you think that that means? <laughs> so ne- next point here. When we ask according to our own selfish desires, God will not hear our prayers. James 4.3 says, When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Example, a man is dissatisfied with his three-year-old Toyota, so he prays for a brand new Mercedes. Guess what? (laughs) Ignored. Next point. When what we ask is not in accordance to his will for us, 1 John 5.14 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So example, we pray fervently for a new job, but God's plan requires that we stay where we are and be witnesses to our co-workers. Sometimes God's will is for you to stay in this awful situation that you're in. And that sucks. I get it. We don't want to take that. Because you go, God, I I can't stay in this. I can't do this. This is horrible. It is against you. I can't do it. But how do you know that God's plan isn't for you to be the vessel that he uses to save and bring those around you in that situation to repentance and to trusting in him? You don't know what that is. And that's where we have to go before him, but truly trust him. God, whether your answer is yes, no, or not right now, okay, I will serve you regardless because it's not about what I want or what I think I need, but what you want and what you know I need. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think this goes to, it reminds me, um, sort of, well, this goes along with this George Mueller quote that you posted on Instagram. His faith does not operate in the realm of possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. And I recommend George Mueller. If you look up George Mueller prayer, that man was a wealth when it comes to prayer and all of that. And just go look him up. You can read his journal entries and all kinds. I mean, he's amazing when it comes to that. Okay, last point here. When we do not ask in faith. So if you're not asking in faith, God's probably not listening to your prayer. Because in Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus says, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. However, faith is not believing for something. It is believing in someone. So you're not just believing that if I just believe hard enough, I will get this job. I will get this car. I will get this healing. I will get this whatever. It's believing in someone. I have so much faith in the Lord God that I believe that he will answer in whatever way is best according to his will, his not will, mine. His will, not my own. Right. Our faith is in the character of God and his desire to bless and comfort us. When we pray, we should have faith that he hears us and will grant every request that is in line with his will for us. That's 1 John 5, 14 through 15. Mm-hmm. So example, we ask God to supply a financial need, but continue to worry and make faithless comments to our families and coworkers, such as, I'm probably going to go to the poor house. I'll never get that money. Right? We're constantly, you don't actually have faith in God to do what his will is best. You are praying because you're doing the thing and you really want that that's again kind of utilizing him as a santa claus as opposed to that truly is that's what faith. using him as a santa claus is so uh god is holy and desires us to be holy as he is leviticus 22 32 first peter 1 16 when he knows that we are seeking that holiness as well he is delighted to answer our prayers in ways that continue our spiritual growth not worldly abundance, but spiritual, spiritual growth. Remember growth, that. yes. Jesus never. said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's John 15, 7. It, but do you notice what he says there? Yeah. If? If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask whatever you wish. If and, and then. Yep. Those are the two important words in that passage. The secret to prayer is abiding in Christ so that whatever we ask in accordance so that whatever we ask is in accordance with his heart. Psalm 37, 4. Only then can we have the confidence that God does hear our prayers with an intent to answer them. Big, 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 big differences. So I yeah, think that so is I guess. Uh, 
let me see if there's, uh, I think, <laughs> actually, I think kind of covers a few of them, but let's see if there's anything else that we want to go ahead. Okay, so we talked about, again, with your kids, leading them into prayer. I think it is important that they see um, and understand, again, or listen to this podcast with them. It's about talking to God. Um, doing that with public prayer as a family or <coughs> even just having a time that... It's a lot easier for kids to do. Um, I mean, even even smaller ones, they can, they can imagine. They have a, a large imagination. And, and sometimes they can it's understand. a great way to open up a family prayer where maybe you start it and dad ends it and the kids can talk to God and, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. as you're trying to teach them to go through this. Um, sometimes it is a great way to have a prayer journal yeah, I where think that's probably you write the best down way. prayer requests. And that's what we do, you know, and go through the different people that we're praying for, thinking of. Um, I have my list as part of our Living by Faith that, you know, we've shared with you guys where I definitely feel encouraged by someone like George Muller and I keep a list of the things that we are in need of. So mm -hmm. if it's toothpaste, if it's toilet paper, if it's, mm -hmm. you know, a, a bunch of money because we have big bills to be paid, mm -hmm. what, whatever the, the things are, I have a list going and those are the things that we pray for. When stuff comes in, we go to the list and say, okay, what on the list can be taken care of? Because mm -hmm. you will give me what I need to take care of what you know that I truly need. Um, so I think that's a, a huge way to, to help him with the kids. Um what about okay so this is a little little separate one here that gets into some of this more like and this will probably be our last one here because i think we've pretty much covered about everything but what about laying hands on people when praying so some churches are really big on this and they make a big deal about physically touching while you yeah. pray bringing people i remember at church remember and certain things would happen and they bring everybody up to the front everybody yeah. have to go up and touch and and do the laying hands what um i i know how you feel about that uh, but what do you there's, uh, there's usually real good intention in that and believe me i think there is benefit in that in a certain way but it's also extremely uncomfortable for most people and i think that causes a stumbling block for a lot of people and i think that just makes them feel weird about it and i don't think that's necessary for them to feel like that i just because i understand it and i you know i think it has its place i think it, definitely the laying of hands is biblical um not the way that the church has done it now we've made a ridiculous practice it's it's all a show and it's it's and now even the new apostolic reformation has taken it and they have and, and guys like todd white you know that are going out on the laying of hands and it's they've turned it into blasphemy it's not that was nothing you know what it was intended to be or what it really was that that these men are doing with it so they're making a joke out of a mockery out of Christianity by doing that you know and I just I think that's a disgrace because I think the true um, meaning of it was definitely more in a a smaller more intimate setting and it's funny you say these things yeah because sometimes I think that you and the guys who do got questions like oh lord what do they say you guys, it cracks me up because sometimes I, I have not read this article either. I know this you haven't, not... but it's funny because sometimes you'll talk about things and then I'll pull up just to see what they have to say. Not that I, you, just to, to look at the, the differences. It kind of cracks me up. Just like I think that you might be working for the Babylon Bee like at night. Not that I really it. think is true. I think I like sleepwalk or something at night <laughs> and, you write, and write for Bee Babylon Bee. So anyways, it says laying on of hands is a biblical action. However, there is no biblical mandate requiring the physical laying on of hands for a particular mm -hmm. spiritual ministry. Jesus certainly laid his hands on many of those he healed. However, he also healed without laying his hands on people. In fact, there were times when his when he was nowhere in the vicinity of those he healed. Matthew 8.8 8 describes Jesus healing the servant of the centurion without going even near the centurion's house. Here are two in instances to consider. In one case, the Holy Spirit bestows the gift of speaking in tongues with the act of an apostle's laying on of hands. And in the other case, he does so without the laying on of hands, but simply through the apostle's preaching. So Acts 19, 4 through 6 says, 
Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Where here and now Acts 10, 44-46 says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on even the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. 1 Timothy 5.22 says, Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands and do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. The thought here is not so much in cautioning the physical action of laying on of hands, but to urge care in bestowing the responsibility of spiritual leadership, however it is done. It is not to be done suddenly or without due consideration. Undoubtedly, the laying on of hands in the early church was a means of connecting the message with the messenger, or the spiritual gift with the gift giver, the gifted giver, sorry, and it provided a sign authenticating him through whom the physical manifestation of a spiritual gift was bestowed. We need to understand very carefully that there are no magical biblical formulas for the ministry of the church. Laying on of hands has no power in itself. Laying on of hands is only used by God when it is done in agreement with God's word. So yeah, that sounds like something I would have written. You know what I mean? That's why I said I'm sorry. Oh yeah, that was yeah, essentially. So is there anything wrong with the laying on of hands? No, not necessarily. Is there anything special that you're gaining by doing so? Again, no, not necessarily. And I think, like you said, and it's funny because this comes from someone who was at a church and this happened was like, this is making me feel incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, and I I understand it. Yeah, Um, I get it. I hate, and that's what's funny is like elevation and all these churches yeah. down there are getting pot. Like they all do that. Like Furtick's all about touch your neighbor and tell him this. Please stop. Touching lay your me. hands on your neighbor. I'm here I'm like, to, to read about God's word. Please don't lay your hands random on me. Stranger that I don't know. Like I, I'm really uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely something. Um, and again, if you're if you're doing stuff like, why are you doing it? Like, why do you feel the need to constantly be laying on of hands? And it's a show. You're turning it exactly. into a, a modern day Phariseeism yeah. because it's a show. You're yeah. doing all the little fancy things that Jesus tells you not to do. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it's like sums up the whole thing. So no, he literally tells you that God does not hear that prayer. He mm-hmm. does. He hears a. The prayer of the man who is humble and who is repenting, mm-hmm. not who's making this ridiculous circus circus out of it. Yep. So I think um, I think hopefully that answers at least a good spectrum of prayer related questions. I mean, yeah, I, was, I can't think. I'm trying to think of any more offhand. I know I've had so many different specific ones. Well, I think I we kind of ended up touching on a broad spectrum of stuff. So I think a lot of these so, actually got. You know, yeah. Who do you pray to? We went over that. Um, making it pray without. Pray. Pray without ceasing. Always be praying. And that's something I know I've shared it before, but John Piper was one who spoke on it. And I thought it was so cool because he said he wanted, you know, to be better at praying. Because, I mean, scripture is very clear that it says to be praying all of the time. And all of us can answer that. Are you praying all of the time? No, absolutely not. All of us, right, are missing the mark on that. And John Piper, I love saying, he said before he started to do anything, he would pray. So eating, getting in the car, going into a store, getting ready to start doing some kind of household chore, whatever it was, before you do anything, pray. And just that practice of constantly, because most of us are out of the practice of being in constant communication with God, right? We're not doing this all the time. So the yeah, practice of say, constantly being in communication with God. I was just going to say, I, being, in, being, in a posi- being in this position, in a, a teaching position or having a ministry position, I'm in a, I'm in a constant communicate i've trained myself to be in a constant communication so i understand but you had to train yourself to do that right you know and i, I mean? understand like it's, it's not difficult what we normally for do. people normally do so that's why do. i loved it's when john piper difficult. said that yeah. before you start doing anything pray but actually once you get it it's not it, you feel stupid because you realize that it's it's this it's this so in, this thing inside <laughs> of you yeah that you feel like you're talking to another person well you know because you kind of are but you feel the presence of it and um you feel that uh, that that you're just you feel like you're actually talking and communicating with this spirit. You know, we we think of evil spirits, right? We understand how those work, yet we don't like 
hold any validity to the other side of the spiritual argument, you know, being the, the, the Lord and being the good part of it, you know, the, the true part of it. Um, you know, we, we, we think we see all this stuff about how people talk to demons and they're, you know, transferring themselves into other bodies. And when, you know, they're seeing all these different things, right. And talking to these spirits, it's like, yet it's so hard for us to pray and talk to God, the creator of all things. And these, and we know that there's a false spiritual world, you know, or not a false spiritual world, but there's a, um, there's a true evil world out there. And we are just going over, you know, you're fighting against flesh and you're not, you're fighting against these, these principalities and these things, these spirits and in the heavenly realms, these things that, are, are very evil and trying to get at you. But at the same time, there's a very real um, good to that. And we know that the Lord is spirit. So, you know, I don't understand sometimes why we don't relate it to that whenever we're talking about this for people, because this is, it just trips so many people up. You could understand the evil stuff, but yet when we talk about God, we're just completely lost. Yeah. Well, and it really amazes me when you get in the practice, right? That's what I said. Before you start doing anything, challenge yourself to, to just pray. Just And you know what's funny is when you get in the habit of doing this, which, again, most of us in our normal, worldly, sinful flesh beings, right? We, we're not in that habit. So when you do get yourself in that habit, it's funny the way that the more you are in God's word and the more that you are praying constantly the more god can work and change in you and in your life so things like before i go into the grocery store i pray god guide me and lead me in what i'm doing help me to only purchase the things that i truly need right so then i notice that i am being more conscious while i'm shopping to not be wasteful to not just grab you know what i mean you just end up wasting a bunch of money you're like what did i even just buy like what did i get and the things like before you get ready to go in and clean up the the house or whatever to pray about it help me to guide me. Let me be a certain, let me serve my family. Let me do these things, whatever. And the next thing you know that when you're doing it, you're not just grumbling. You're not just getting frustrated. You're not yelling and screaming at the kids. You know what I mean? Like you start seeing things in a different light, the more and more that you are in God's word, reading what he has to say, praying before everything that you do. And then all of a sudden it's amazing, right? You start using these things that he tells you to, and you start hearing him more. You start seeing this, your mind is truly changed about these things that you're going about dealing with and working on and doing. And it's, it's all the things that he said it was going to be, but you just have to do that. You have to get in that practice. Yeah. And it's easy. You end up, you end up communicating with a true spirit that talks to you in ways that not, not in, not in this NAR ridiculous Bethel type way that the spirit or that, you know, Bobby Connors over there telling him that Jesus Christ. But if you are at home in your living room and all of a sudden gold dust comes flying out of like your air vents, Give me a call. Like, I might be interested in that, but Still, I'm wrong spirit. pretty sure. That's the wrong spirit. Well, that's what I'm saying. Give me I'm a call. Sure we need to, stuff would happen. We need to I'm pray. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure these people are, I, I don't doubt the fact that these people are oh, seeing bless. this version of what he thinks is Jesus yeah. Christ come to him. But it's not, it's, it's not, not Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's a demon. You're being so unbelievably. And deep. so Anyways. anyway, <laughs> just clarifying that, but the spirit speaks to you in ways that you yes. know, you feel. Oh, yeah. You know inside. It's not, it, it's, there's no doubt about it that you know exactly what it is because it's stronger than your will. It's stronger than anything that you can control. Um, you know, you, you know exactly what it is. And, and there's, you can see the fruit out of whatever comes out of it is how you test whether or not this is true or not. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, you get into this this feeling that it's so true and it becomes so easy to talk to this and to be able to use this to be able to get through a everyday life. Some days, you know, I mean, I'm just like anybody else more often than not. I think that I give up and fail and I'm a horrible, horrible person. But, um, I also, you know, it's also being able to learn how to communicate and learn the realness of, 
of what prayer and what that line of communication does for a Christian's life. It's, you know, it's, it's everything. We can end it on this, but this is one of my favorite little passages of scripture here um, that I, I keep written and um, in the forefront of my mind anyways. But in First Peter chapter 4, verse 7 says, The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray in everything. Remember, keep your head on straight and remember what's coming. Judgment is coming for everybody. Do not stop praying. Pray for everything. Uh, Luke 6, 27 and 28. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Are you praying even for those mistreating you? Are you praying for that? Pray in everything because the end, the end's coming. It's coming for everybody. Be it tomorrow or in a thousand pr- years, it's coming. I always pray that his will be done in your life. But also understand what you're asking for when you say that. Yeah. Because his will might be the opposite of what you want. So that might be what turns your prayers, you think, perceivably against you. You perceive these things, these bad things are happening in your life, and you're like, but I'm praying, and I'm I'm trying to get closer to God. Well, guess what? If you're asking for his will to be done, he most likely is bulldozed. You, You just gave him permission to fix your life in ways that you may not even understand that need to be fixed. Yeah. And so Again, these if things, you if you went through and you're not living in sin, if, you're not doing these things. Yeah, that if these things prayers, are if these things are seemingly falling apart, please don't look at that like you did something negative. Look at this like apart, he's gonna so he take that apart so he together. can build it back yeah. up. And this will happen in a very literal way. You will think like you're failing, you think like you're doing something wrong. Give thanks for all you of You know, it. but give thanks for all of it because the, the relationships that maybe he's severing, maybe he doesn't want you around these these people. Maybe he doesn't have a plan for you, even though you feel this constant connection. Like, I, you know, you have to do it. Check to see if maybe that's your pride. Maybe you're not giving that person up to God and letting him deal with it. Maybe you're just saying that, you know, my prideful self wants to change this person's mind or opinion. I want to be the one. That's pride. Say, yeah. That's pride. Give it to God. Yep. If you've done what you can do and there's nothing more and people are stuck in their will, let it go and give it to God. Constantly pray. Constantly show a lifestyle of, of following Christ and, and pray constantly for that person to come around. But let it go and give it to God. That's that, because anything other than that is going to be your pride trying to fix something that you can't. But... You know, he may cut off relationships that you desire, but guess what? Maybe he wants you to turn away. Maybe he wants you to walk away from it. Maybe that's where you ultimately be. And maybe it's not that he's not separating you from it to end the relationship. Maybe he's separating you from it because there's things that need to happen in between then for that person to come all the way back around and come and meet you where you are. As opposed to being, we don't know. But maybe you need to be moved so that person can be moved to come all the way back around to see where to meet you where you are. You never know. So letting somebody go to God and letting God deal with that or letting whatever it is because you it is to go. everything is to bring glory to his name. Is That's to be, and you won't see, sometimes immediately you won't see. But he works in mysterious ways in the ways that we just don't pay attention they're very obvious we're just not paying much attention and sometimes hindsight shows us his work but he knew all all along what he was doing i think most of us can look back on our lives and be like i get it yeah that's what you were doing okay i I did not think that there but when i was in the moment i was i (laughs) I thought thought that was the worst possible thing that could have happened to me i was all alone why did you forget me why did you forsake me yeah and he's going okay i understand listen i I understand you're simple just hang on a minute hang on a minute and wait yeah because i'm going to do things that you will never believe were possible ever do you and if, trust him? And, and that's where it comes true. Like if, if I told you these things, you wouldn't believe what I told you. I, I, if 
Oh, we if talk he about told this consistently. We were kids that we would be. Here. I would be this right now if you would have told me <laughs> we this ten years ago. Would have laughed in his face, been like, "Twenty years ago, wrong people." I would have. No way in. No way. I. Here I sit. Loving it, praising with, his name every with day knowledge it. in it. Yep. And I, I, I have no idea how this happens. I have no idea how I got here. But it's funny, though, because I think back and I think to how many years I just prayed and prayed and prayed for God to change these things with you. Yeah, because if to do, you know, I know I if God would have specifically, if God would have told me that or you that that was going to happen, you'd I be wouldn't like, have even believed it. I, I was one praying. For I you. think you're lying to me. <laughs> I like, don't that's think not you're funny real. To screw that's with not me funny. Like that, okay. You know what I'm praying for. How could you mess with me like that? And then we're here today, and I'm like, man, God, you are you're true. You're stinking off. How did this you do amazing. that? <laughs> and I'm starting to see things come together in my personal life that I thought, you know, 20 years ago were broken beyond repair. And I'm just seeing things just start to, you know, come back around. And I'm just in awe in what has happened. And constant, you know, prayer and giving thanks to him once you make that realization is extremely his important. will to be done. Right. And just knowing that it could look ugly. Um, you never know. As long as you're, um, you know, as long as you're, you're praying with a true and pure heart and you're praying in the spirit. Um you know there's there is truly nothing that he won't do for you you know and sometimes it sucks but sometimes that even means loss i i've seen loss strengthen people loss that cannot be explained that cannot be excused that is innocent that seemingly has no purpose or no reasoning whatsoever and people just strengthened by those experiences and giving other people encouragement that they have overcome these things and it's okay that they will too. And that in the end, it won't matter because he promises us eternal life. And that's, we get this skewed view of heaven and it's unfortunate. Because the next event that true believers of in Jesus that we are looking for is a reunion of everything and everybody in Christ that we've ever known. So your mom, your dad, your children, your baby that you lost. I don't know if it's going to be a baby or I don't know if it's going to be. An, I don't know how that works. I can't answer that question for you. I don't know. I'd like to think it's a baby and it'll be able to grow up. Who knows? I don't know how God's going to work that. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make sense in, in having a, um, you know, a full, perfect body. I, I don't know. Adam and Eve weren't created as babies. They were created as adults. So who knows? Um, maybe, indeed, it will be an adult. But either way, reunited with your child, reunited with your grandparents, your, you know, it, it, with the Old Testament um, heroes that have passed, you know, and, and just just a a, a just a, a huge, huge, unreal, un, unearthly experience that we are looking forward to. And there's no there, and that's when it all gets fixed. And in that time, there's no more pain. There's no more death. There's no more any of that. We don't have to worry about any of that anymore. Um, so looking forward to that period uh, it, it is something that I, I wish that the, the church would stress more. Yeah. Because that's biblical. This yeah. isn't. This isn't all the apostles were saying over and over. This is he is the this is Jesus in the gospel says he is not a he's not a god of the the dead but of the living. 
Abraham, he refers to all these people as alive. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You know, we see during the transfiguration, we see Moses and Elijah come down and talk with Jesus. And so much so that even the apostles recognized who it was. Now, granted, they wouldn't have really known them from Adam because it was so far apart. But in the moment and the knowledge that was given to them, they recognized the fact that they were Old Testament, you know, older, their forefathers. They recognized them as their forefathers. So if anything changed, if anything was weird, if anything was sitting on cloud playing harps, wipe your identity, wipe all of your brain, then none of that would have ever even been in there or occurred. You know, it, it's not... It, we liter Paul says that he's looking forward to meeting us, all of us, because he was our apostle. And we know under Christ, he's looking forward to a crown that he's going to receive on the day that we have this reunion. So nothing changes. Nothing goes into this crazy, stupid dimension. It's all a promise of things that are just a foreshadowing of the things to come. We haven't even seen clearly yet. We've only seen a little bit. And look at how much we have. I mean, we are, we are able to experience love and, you know, children and, and all these things. All these things are just a foreshadowing of the bigger things that, that he has for us. So... I think that's important to remember all of those things in prayer and in realizing that this is what we're looking forward to and, and we're in where our blessed hope is. So, yeah. Yep. So hopefully that answers your guys' questions on prayers. If it doesn't, or if you have more questions that we did not address, mm -hmm. um, we'll go ahead and leave some resources in the description in the show notes or uh, message us, go to aphomechurch.com and just send them in and we'll be happy to sure. continue to do that. If you have any other questions, uh, looking for counsel or just anything at all, if you are looking for prayer yourself, we are doing a weekly prayer um, chain that we are sending out. If you'd like to get on that list, just let us know and we will happily add you to it. But otherwise, we'll see you guys tomorrow.